and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read a double portion of Parashas Behar and Behukotai. And um, at the beginning of Parasha Behar, it says six years you shall sow, sow your field and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. And the seventh year shall be a Shabbat of rest for the land, a Shabbat for God. So this is what we know the Shemitah year. Uh, up till now we still take care of this in the land of Israel every seven years. Uh, all, the, all the farmers stop producing, they stop working the land, they let it be for a whole year. They don't prune it, they don't take the weeds out of it, they don't fertilize it, they don't take profit from it. Everything grows and people can come in and grab whatever they can and eat freely. And this has been going on since the Jewish people entered the land of Israel. This is a commandment of the Torah. And, um, and it says, you shall count for yourself seven Shabbats of years, seven times seven years, a total of 49 years, and you shall sanctify the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all its inhabitants. So this is in, 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 in the book of Aikra in Parashah Behar. So apart from taking care uh, of the Shemitah year, which we do till now, uh, there was, there's also another commandment that uh, every 50 years, the people of Israel uh, have to return their, their homes to the previous owners. Uh, anybody that is a slave goes out and he's free. And people who owe debts don't owe debts anymore. So it's, uh, this we don't keep uh, anymore. This was only in the times of the temples. Um, since the destruction of the second temple, we haven't been taking care of the, of the jubilee year. That's called the jubilee year. And we're going to see how the number seven and the number eight are a big part of our Torah, of our Jewish people. How everything is divided in sevens and or eights and what they mean, what they represent from the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Uh, this is a beautiful Devar Torah to understand uh, the, the concept of, of these numbers. So the number seven figures prominently in our reckoning and experience of time. As you know, uh, God created the world in six days and the seventh day he rested. And um, so we see that the, the natural world is bounded by number seven. So even though Shabbat is a very holy day, it's a very, it has a day that is set apart from the rest of the week. It has Kedusha, it has holiness. It is still part of our, of our realm. It's part of the physical world. Although it's like the bridge between heaven and earth, that's what Shabbat is. But Shabbat still represents the world, represents this world. So we see that we have in our Torah, we have in our life, we have the seven days of work, the, the six days of work and the seventh day we rest. It's seven days in the week. Uh, we also see how the, the reenactment of the original seven days of creation, um, when God made this, the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he rested. So each Shabbat does complete a full circle, circus, circle sorry, it's a full, full cycle. And the question is, uh, there's a question that the, the, the sages ask themselves. So what does it mean that Shabbat he rested? 
So he created Shabbat, he created the day of rest. So also the seventh day was in a way a day of work because on that day Hashem created rest. It was the last creation that he created uh, in the world. So we see from um, the perspective of each day of creation, each day of creation represents one of the sefirot, uh, these are the seven emotional attributes of God. This is the way in which God relates to us. So the first day of creation, which was Sunday, represents kindness. And the, and the second day represents Gevura, which is uh, uh, discipline boundaries. We see that the second day he separated the water, so he had to use restraint to be able to do this. And the third day was uh, Tiferet, which is mercy and so on. The last day was Malhut, which is uh, a, a, a sovereignty. It means like dignity, royalty. So we see here that every day has a full cycle. Every day represents a different uh, attribute of God. And this is why many Jew Jewish cycles are represented in the number seven. We have the, 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 the two seven-day festivals during the year. We have Pesach, Passover, which we just experienced, which is seven days. It goes from the 15th of Nisan till the 21st of Nisan. And then six months to the date, we have Sukkot, which is also a seven-day festival that starts on the 15th of Tishrei and it ends on the 21st of Tishrei. Also, when you see uh, the, the couple gets married, the, the marriage is celebrated for seven days. It's called the Sheva Berahot. Sheva means seven. So every day after the wedding, counting the day of the wedding, the couple goes to have a meal with at least 10 men and they, they wash for bread and they, they do the Sheva Berahot, which are the, the blessings that are given to a, to a couple in the chupa. And this is seven blessings. And these seven blessings accompany the couple for seven days. And then after that, they're ready to go. And so we see also that when, God forbid, a loved one passes away, it's also seven days of Shiva in which the, the, the direct family sits down for seven days and they're mourning the, the deceased. And there are seven clean days when a woman has her cycle, she has to count seven clean days before she goes to the mikvah and she purifies herself. So we see again that uh, when the Jewish people were gonna go and offer in the temple, they also had to wait for seven days before they, they would go and immerse in a mikvah and go into the temple and, and offer their, their korbanot. So the seven day, uh, we see that the sevens is, um, is a number that is very much ingrained in the Jewish uh, numerology, uh, we see that the freedom of Passover and um, the joy of Sukkot and the bond of marriage, the coming to terms with the loss of a loved one, all these features of, of Jewish life are assimilated in a dimension of seven, of, of seven, which is really the created time and it's part of this world. And so our years to follow the cycle of creation. We see six workdays years are succeeded by the sabbatical year of Shemitah. And this year, actually, when, when we begin the, the head of the year with Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei, 
we begin the Shemitah year. We are going to have from, from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah is a Shemitah year in the land of Israel, in which the land of Israel, uh, the agricultural work comes to a rest. It's suspended. And um, in the seventh year, and the land produ produce is declared free for taking for all. So it's a very special uh, time in Israel. It it's really touches the core of bitahon, of, 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 of trusting Hashem. And it's really not only one year, because if you think about it, the year of Shemitah, the, 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 the farmer cannot work his land, he cannot profit from it. Then the next year, he has to prepare the land to, to be able to put the seeds again in it. And then, until the next year, it's not going to produce. So it's really like around three years that the, 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 the farmer uh, is not uh, benefiting from his land. And, uh, and, the, and the incredible thing about this is that, um, that the, they, 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 they survive and they don't have a lack of food. They, they, they're able to go to any person's uh, a farm and take whatever they need and eat. And this is uh, really giving, giving everything to Hashem. It's a, it's a sabbatical year for the land of Israel. It's very interesting. When you go to Israel in a sabbatical year, you cannot eat produce from Israel that you're buying in a supermarket. It's forbidden. You can't do, like, there's people who still sell it. But if you're a, 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 an observant Jew, you, you're going to be very careful. And you're going to see that all the fruits and all the vegetables have a special kosher stamp on them. That means that this product was not, um, doesn't come from the land of Israel, that you can eat it because it comes from a neighbor land or so, whatever. Also, if you live in the diaspora, if you live outside of Israel, you have to be careful as a Jew to also not buy like oranges from Israel or dates from Israel that year. You have to be careful because it, it's, you, you should not uh, buy these, these products. You cannot eat them unless that you go to a farm and you pick them up and you get them for free. So finally, our sages describe the whole of human history as a seven millennial week consisting of 6,000 years of human labor. Uh, the world is meant to last 6,000 years. We're in the year 5,781. We're very close to coming to, to the 6,000 year. And so it's 6,000 years in which we're going to be laboring. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's the world of action. We're in the world of Asia, which is the lowest of the worlds, where it's pitch black. And this is a world where we come to work and we come to to bring uh, the revelation of Hashem in, 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 in the darkness. And then on the seventh um, millennia is when the whole world will come to an eternal Shabbat, which is the time of Mashiach. And, and at, the, at this moment, the only work we're going to have is to, to see Hashem everywhere. This is what we're going to be doing. So the Kabbalists explain that the seven days of creation embody the seven sefirot, the divine attributes of God, as I said before, that God emanated these, these attributes of himself to define and characterize his relationship to the existence, to our existence. So the seven is not only the element number of time, it is also a, a, a created thing and of the created reality as a whole. So it's, it encompasses everything. 
And so this is especially true of the human being who was created in the image of God. So when Hashem said, let us make man in my image, this is what he meant. He meant that he was going to create man with these attributes also. We also have these same godly attributes of kindness, discipline, mercy, uh, resilience, uh, humility, foundation, union, and malhut, which is a sovereignty. And so we see here that, um, that this, this, when we live with these attributes, when we use them in the, in the holy way, when we live with them the way that Hashem acts in, in, with us, then we are bringing godly revelation to the world and we are acting in God's image. And so these seven weeks between um, uh, the second night of Passover to Shavuot, again, seven weeks that we're counting the seven attributes, we're making all these com combinations, it's the counting of the Omer until the coming of Shavuot, which is on the 49th, uh, after the 49th um, uh, combination, it's 49 days, after that, it com we come to the 50th day, which is the, the giving of the Torah, which it's like a jubilee, it's like the completion, it's like the eighth day. So each of the seven units of time embodies the particular characteristics of its respective sephira. But in more general terms, the cycle consists of two pri primary phases. We have mundanity, which is kol, and holiness, which means kedusha. So what does this mean? The world is separated between the mundane, the material, and the holy part of the world. This world where we live right now has both things. We have both realities. We have a reality that is, is set apart. Uh, that's what holiness means. Holiness means that it's set apart, like just like the Shabbat is a day that is, is set apart. It's different from the rest of the week. It's removed from the week. Um, we, we, we stop doing all the melahas, all the works, 49 works that we do during the week. Again, 7 times 7 is 49. We go back to that. It's 7 melahas. During the Shabbat, we stop doing this creative work, which was the work that was done when they were building the, the temple. And so anything that was done while they were building the temple, these things we refrain from doing on Shabbat. And that's what it means that we put that day apart, we separate it from the rest of the week, and that means that the day is a holy day. So, so we see also the same concept with the Shemitah year, that we suspend physical work, and we take a, a, a year in which... Uh, we give the land a rest, we put it apart, we're not working it, we're not benefiting from it. And, um, and so the, this, this, this idea of suspending physical work upon its soil and, and a claims of ownership on its produce in order to experience the divine goodness and perfection of our world in the age of Mashiach, we must first achieve a state in which there is no jealousy and no competition over wealth. And this is in part uh, the reason for, for this mitzvot. So we see also that there is the concept of the number eight, and if the number seven defines the natural reality, it means this world, it, it, it's part of our time and space in this world, the eight represents transcendence. It means that it's a hawk. It's 
it's beyond our, our, our intellect, it's beyond our, what our comprehension, it's a hawk, it, it goes further, it transcends. And so it's interesting because Parashah Behar is about, it's, it's about the world, it's about the mountain. Behar means the mountain, it's referring to Mount Sinai, the mountain that God gave us, in which God gave us the Torah, which was the smallest mountain of the desert. It was a tiny mountain. Why? Because we have to be humble. This is the whole concept in preparation for the giving of the Torah on Shavuot is that we have to become humble people and that's why we have to do the whole counting of the Omer. We have to refine ourselves when the Jewish people came out of Egypt. They came on their 49th level of impurity. Imagine one more level and that would have been the end of us. But because we kept our names, our Jewish names, our language and our dress code, we were Tznias, Hashem took us out of Egypt because we kept something. But to be able to come to receive the blueprint of creation, to be able to, to immerse in God's uh, wisdom, we have to empty ourselves from ourselves. We have to be able to be empty. We need to be humble in order to be able to receive the Torah. But then we come to the parasha of Behukotai, which has the word hawk in it, which means transcend. It means go beyond your intellect, to go beyond what you understand. And there's many mitzvahs that really make no sense. Like for example, the mitzvah of Brit Milah. It's a crazy mitzvah. Imagine you have a baby, eight days later, you take him and they, ha they do a circumcision on your baby. Eight day, year, the eight day baby. And you take him in a, in a mohel, comes a special rabbi that is, is, is a, a, an expert on these things, and he circumcises your eight, eight day old baby. And it's on the eighth day. Why? Because the number eight represents that which is higher than nature, the circum circumference that encompasses the circle of creation. So, so seven includes, includes both matter and spirit, both mundanity and holiness, but involvement and transcendence uh, come to, um, to, to, to transcend, we have to go to that extra level. And so we see this eighth dimension, if we can call it a dimension, has no limitations at all. And this is what's going to be when Mashiach comes, we're going to enter that dimension of, of, of the eighth dimension on the seventh millennial. And so the co covenant of circumcision, as I said before, which binds the Jew to God in a bond that supersedes all natural convention, even, even as it pervades every nook and cranny of life, is entered into on the eighth day of life, the sanctuary, the Mishkan, was also inaugurated on the eighth day because it was something that was supra-rational, supra-natural. And so the following, uh, so we see that the festival of Shemini Atzeret, which is the eighth day after Sukkot, Sukkot is seven days, and then there's one more day after, that it's a, a festival, uh, a lone loner, which is one more day, which is the eighth, eighth day. The eighth day means retention, means to hold on. And, um, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, a parable of a king, uh, Rashi tells it, that uh, he invited his children to come for, for seven days to his home to, to have a festivity with him. And then on the seventh day when they were leaving, he, was, he felt so bad that they were going to go and leave him 
that he pleaded with them. He, he asked them to please stay one more day. And so this is the, the day of retention and this is what the eighth day represents. And ho whose function is to internalize the transcendent encompassing light of the sukha occurs on the eighth day that follows Sukkot, seven days, seven Shemitah cycles are followed by a jubilee year characterized by liberty and freedom. So seven cycles of Shemitah, seven times seven on the 49th year, once it's, it's 49 years, on the 50th year we do the jubilee year, which has that same concept of retention, of liberty, of letting go. And so we see that the messianic seventh millennium of history will be followed by the supra-historical world to come, the Olam Abba, in which the divine reality will unite with the created reality in ways that we cannot even come to imagine in the world, where finite and infinite are mutually exclusive. And in the words of the Talmud, in Berahot, all prophets prophesize only regarding the days of Mashiach, like there's prophecies about when Mashiach is going to come, like we have it in the Torah with, with Bilam, the, the prophet that wanted to curse the Jewish people and only brahas came out of his mouth every time he wanted to curse them, he, only blessings came and prophecies of the times of Mashiach came out of his mouth, they're all recorded in the Torah, uh, but actually from the Olam Abba, the world the, the, the world uh, to come, we have no idea what's going to be. So the, the eight, eights in our lives come in two forms, eight and fifty. For example, two seven-day festivals, Sukkot and Passover, each culminate in an atzeret, which is a day of retention. So the atzeret of Sukkot, as I said before, is Shemini atzeret. The atzeret of Pesach comes 49 days later, 50 days later, with uh, Shavuot, with the, with the giving of the Torah. So 50 is an 8, which follows a thoroughly detailed development of seven dimensions of nature in all its 49 sub-dimensions. Sub, sub Shavuot, the Atzeret of Passover, is such an 8. Our exodus from Egypt marked the onset of a 49-day process, as I said before, which was a process of refinement, of us uh, being able to come and receive the Torah because the way we, ca we came out of Egypt there was no way we could receive the Torah we had to really refine ourselves to be able to, to come and receive it so, so the, the jubilee year another the, the jubilee year or the yovel how, how it's called seven, seven, seven year Shemitah cycles each culminating in a year of suspension and transcendence of the material are followed by a 50th year, which is a year of liberty in which all servants, including those who had sold themselves for lifetime labor, you know, a, 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 a slave could only work for seven years. After seven years, he had to be let go free. But sometimes the slave preferred to, to be a slave. He didn't have anywhere to go. His, his owner took care of him. There's laws, very serious laws of how to take care of a slave. And, uh, and, uh, and he was better off in the house of the owner than being free. So he sold himself for the rest of his life to be a slave. And so we see that on the 50th year, on the Jubilee year, he had to go free. There was, he couldn't stay there anymore. He had to go free. And all, all the ancestral lands that had been sold reverted to their original owners. And the Jubilee year represents a state of true freedom. 
in which rather than just suspending the earthliness of, of the land, we free it of all the restraints of materiality. So in other words, our experience of time, which defines practically everything we do and achieve, comes in various forms and configurations. There are times and situations in which we live our lives completely within the natural cycle, which is in the six, six days of, uh, of work. And there are times in circumstances in which we relate to a supra-rational uh, natural eighth dimension. So, but only in a general abstract way, finally, there are times and circumstances in which we access an eighth that is a 50, which is seven years uh, of, um, of uh, times eight, and then we come to, to the 50th. So we see here that the Torah instructs that the Jubilee year is to be proclaimed throughout the land to an inhabitant thereof. The Talmud interprets this as a stipulation that the special laws of the 50th year are enacted only when the land of Israel is fully populated by the Jewish people. So right now we cannot have a Jubilee year because we're in, in, in exile, we're in the diaspora. We only had a Jubilee years when the Jewish people came into the land of Israel with a Yoshua, and they were able to keep it till the destruction of the first temple. After the destruction of the first temple, when the Jews came back for the second temple, many Jews didn't come back to the land of Israel. They, 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 and, and, and there were Romans living there. And so it was something that was not being, being able to be uh, taken care of. So today, our lives are seemingly endless chain of Shemitah cycles, seven, every seven years, every seven years, this is how we go, six days of work, and then we come to the seventh day of rest, and everything is in the seven, in the seven. There are certain things that we add the eight, like the, 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 the Brit Milah, and that we have the eight, but the, but it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. It, it, what we see here is that we're still living in a blind struggle. We are struggling. And uh, when Maimonides writes, Mashiach will arise and restore the sovereignty of David to its former glory and power, build the holy temple and gather the dispersed of Israel. In these days, all the last laws will be restored. So until Mashiach comes, we'll keep up the seven cycles. Uh, we have a glimpse of the eighth like with things that happen on the eighth day, like a circumcision. And, um, and but basically, we know what, what we're looking for. We know what we are waiting for. And that is to come to a, to a time where we're all going to be free, we're going to be liberated, and we're going to be able to retain the holiness of the seventh day. So I want to wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.